0: All right welcome into another edition of West of Everest Lee Benson here joined by Grant Benson and Oklahoma 3 and0 for the second season in a row a dominant performance Saturday against Tulsa 66 to 17 outside of three separate drives from Tulsa's offense It was just uh, for the most part a beautiful day of Oklahoma football. And we're here to talk about it here a day after the game. Unfortunately, we weren't able to get the podcast recorded last night. But uh, sometimes when the game ends and we have a, time, a chance to sleep on it, we have a little bit, you know, I think we have a better podcast sometimes because uh, our, our opinions can kind of kind of simmer and we can figure out more what we want to talk about. So I'll bring in Grant for the first time. And Grant, here we are. Same situation we were in last year at this time. And I went back before we started recording to look at some of the titles of our podcast episodes from last year around this time. And boy, oh boy, was it positive And we were excited. And then all of a sudden, I so how that does it feel? Effect. Good sound effect. It was good. I, Thank you. Yeah, I just uh, invested podcasting. in this new sound effect. <laughs> I just invested in this new sound effect machine. So I'm, I'm happy I got, uh, you know, got my money's worth here. So anyways, yeah, same situation we were in last year. So we're in the, we have the benefit, though, now of knowing, okay, maybe, maybe not get super excited, but also at the same time, Oklahoma looks good again. They do. I mean, and there's a lot of things that we can take from this
1: game that are exciting, I think, and there's probably some things that, are, that leave us scratching our heads. Actually, kind of a lot of things scratching our heads, actually. That's sort of one of the weird things is that they looked, I mean, for the most part, they looked really sharp in this game, and yet there's still just a lot of things where I'm just like, what on earth are they doing? It's like they still haven't really figured out what they're doing yet, but I don't even really want to dwell on those things because here's my hot take for this game, Lee. It's, it's scorching hot. Ooh. I really like it when OU wins games by 50 points. It's great. It's so
0: great. <sighs> it's wonderful. I, I really like when games play out more, similarly than the, uh, more similar to the Arkansas State game, which is what this one was a lot closer to than the SMU game. That's fun I mean that's seventy three points against arkansas state sixty six against Tulsa. Uh, we said that this is a game you know on our previous podcast. This is a game that I mean I think specifically we're talking more about the OU defense you know the OU defense should be able to kind of have some fun with this Tulsa offense, coming especially considering they were up and down, they had injury issues at quarterback, and for the majority of the game OU's defense did have a lot of fun with this Tulsa offense and from the from the majority of the game, the Oklahoma offense was firing on all cylinders uh and so yeah that that was a very scorching hot take and I would uh but at the same time I, would, I think a lot of people probably agree with it <laughs> on a to podcast of, especially on a day of college
1: football where I think the theme of it was that a lot of teams kind of looked like crap sort of came crashing back down to earth a little bit um and it's always great like I just been around for so long I've watched so many OU games where OU has been has been part of that group on Saturdays like that. Oh that yeah, have really high expectations and they're just like, oh gosh, yeah, they're one of those ten teams that came out and just played like played like absolute dog water. Um, my first and,
0: one, the, the the first game I think of when you say that, 2017 at Baylor.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. There's other. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of games like that in 2017, especially the first half of the season. That's neither here nor there. But, um, and so on a on a day in college football like that where a lot of other teams. Just put a ton of question marks on tape, and not that OU didn't do didn't put no question marks of their own on tape, but at least they did it in a game where they won by seven touchdowns.
0: Yeehaw! Absolutely, and you look some of the scores. I was able to watch you know healthy amount of games again last night. Uh, I mean, there's a lot that kind of stands out. Number one, I realize you know what we can talk about the rest of college football later if we want to. This is OU football podcast. Uh, I don't want to waste everyone's time talk, you know, talking about other games. Let's jump into it. So I, have, uh, I know you're able to rewatch. you said, the first half. I haven't rewatched any of it, but I took a ton of notes live watching it. So I'll be able to kind of go back and look at those for any sort of reminders. I do got the game plan
1: in front of me right now, too, so I may interject at times and be like, oh, this play just <laughs> happened and I just watched it.
0: Yeah, okay. So let's see. We like to start with offense or defense. In particular, just,
1: let's start with the offense. Let's start with the offense because that was clearly the main show. And I guess I want to start with let's, I, let's just let's just get the obvious stuff out of the way. I think first, um, I'm I'm completely willing in this game, and you can add some caveats to it as if you want, based on the defense. And I think Tulsa's past defenses, you know, through the first three weeks of the season, is is absolutely one of the worst in in all of FBS. Lee, Dylan Gabriel was, was very sharp yesterday. He, he like All of the hype he was getting by the broadcast crew, um, it, it, I don't know, my, the, the praise matched what I saw with my eyes. I thought he was really good. I, I thought that was the best he's looked probably in a Sooner uniform so far.
0: Dylan Gabriel has been terrific through three games. And even though the stats last week were kind of ho-hum, the touchdown stats weren't weren't home I and mean, he had four touchdown passes last week uh he's he's put together two of his three best games of his career already Arkansas State and now Tulsa uh QBR uh I think that was his best QBR game it, the previous best QBR game was Arkansas State it was like 97 something yesterday it was 98.4 you take away the interception which was that was that was not good I mean that was like I think, uh, before the show you called it an arm punt that was bad he kind of got he had pressure in his face uh I mean, he was 28 of 31. <laughs> 20, I mean, he completed like 90% of his passes, and he was awesome. He was very good. And this, I'll, let me just preface this next statement because, by saying it means nothing, but yet to some people it does because some people just like content and like talking about stuff, which is fine because the college football season in general is actually, or relatively speaking, is relatively short. But this next statement, I think 100% is true. Dylan Gabriel through three weeks Deserves to be in the Heisman Trophy conversation, based off of just principle and statistics.
1: Uh, sure, uh, to me though that feels like putting getting way out ahead of things.
0: Um, like if you were to read a Hey Heisman contenders list, uh, whatever, because like every website seemingly has like updated Heisman. Well, I mean obviously Caleb Williams is always going to be at the top, but like Dylan Gabriel would be one of those guys where it's like oh making a move, like you get a little blurb on him. It would be totally fair because he's been very very good for through three games. Yeah, he's been great.
1: He's he has been really good. He's been efficient, he's been explosive. Uh he's been accurate, which is something that that obviously I'm I'm ecstatic about. There's a couple of there's a couple of throws just in this game where and and the receivers were open. Give him credit for for getting good position, but it's not like they were open on some of the throws. It's not like they were open by like 10 or 15 yards. There was a guy, I mean, a lot of the times there was a guy kind of right there and he was right on the money. And I'll I'll, I'll give them all the credit in the world for that. I, I love seeing it. And it's still just, and we'll get into this more, but it still just kind of cracks me up about how the conventional wisdom about this offense coming into this season through the first three games has been just completely wrong. We thought they were, gonna, they were going to rely on a run game that we thought was going to be dynamic and explosive. It's been pretty much the exact opposite of, up to this point. I came in, I mean, three, four weeks ago when we were doing our preview pod and I was sitting here questioning whether or not the receivers on this team were bad, and yet it seems like that's where all of their playmakers are. They have like five or six guys in the receiving room. It seems like who can make plays. I didn't see that coming, and I mean I'm as as maybe as concerned as I am with with the the punchless running game. Oh man, they got they got a lot of dudes in that receiver room who they can. I think they can lean on to make plays. Uh, Jalil Farouk was
0: so good, so good yesterday. Farouk was great. They did. And I share your sentiment. That it, they have a lot of playmakers outside. For whatever inexplicable reason, they Oklahoma decided to not really showcase any of them last week. Uh, they come out. Granted, again, terrible pass defense. Maybe obvi- well, it's definitely easier against Tulsa to do that to get more guys in. But you're seeing it with your eyes. I mean, uh, Jalil Farouk. It was a terrible way to start the game. Uh, well, it was kind of bittersweet, right? So I, I was in my notes. I wrote like. Opening kickoff, Julio Farouk, great kickoff return, ends in disaster. But, Grant, now that's – it's it's kind of an asterisk because the way the play ended, he fumbled the ball away. But that's three straight games in the first quarter where Oklahoma's had a really nice special teams play. <laughs> three, I mean, that's three games in a row. I mean, granted, it ended with a fumble. Uh, but they – uh, Jeff, Jeff Levy, Dylan Gabriel – they made a, an effort to go right back to Farouk like immediately, kind of like they did with Andrell Anthony, I think, last week where he dropped a pass and they went right back to him. I like that. And they should because Jolo Farouk's really good, and he had a big game. And I like getting the ball in his hands. They, finding ways to get the ball in these guys' hands. That is, It's so huge to do. And, uh, like, yes, figure it out. Like, this is neither here nor there, but I think it, a lot of coaches, a lot of teams go through this if you're fans of uh, teams that have bad offensive personnel or bad offensive coaching that just don't figure it out, don't get it. Like, I like the Chicago Bears. They just traded for DJ Moore. He had two targets last week. Figure out ways to get the ball to your playmakers. Oklahoma did that yesterday, and maddeningly, even though Lincoln Riley's an offensive genius, at times we'd complain about his inability to get the ball into certain guys' hands. Uh, At Marvin Mims, like Marvin Mims, like didn't get enough touches whenever Lincoln Riley was a coach. So, like, keep that going. Get the ball into the Jalil Farouk's hands, Nick Anderson's hands, Andrew Anthony's hands. They're all making plays.
1: Uh, and there's it's it's pretty cool coming out of this game. And you just you're gosh. Yeah, I mean, I can name just like five guys who are just like, yeah, get them the ball, man. They're making plays. And it kind of seems like there's a pretty clear, clear top tier of receivers as well coming out of this game. I mean, it's it's Anthony, it's Farouk, it's Nick Anderson, it's Jaden Gibson, and uh, Drake Stoops. I I think that's your, that's your, like, those are the five guys who should be out catching passes.
0: Yeah, Drake Stoops is clearly the security blanket. What do you have? A couple touchdown catches near the goal line. He's a good route runner. Uh, Dylan Gabriel trusts him. Um, I hate to say this. I mean, fine, like, do what you can, but like, uh, I think it's time, you know, I'm, I'm cool with this guy on special teams, but I think it's, through three games, it's it's time to stop trying to make Gavin Freeman a thing on offense. It's just not a thing. He can return punts. Uh, there's plenty of other guys that can do a lot more with the football, I think, than him. Uh, granted, he's done enough to still get looks here or there, but I, I want to see a lot more Jaden Gibson, a lot more Nick Anderson, a lot more Farouk, a lot more Drake Stoops, uh, and, oh, by the way, Andrew Anthony, who had a very quiet 100-plus yard game yesterday. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, no touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, by the yeah, way, I'm into like, it, man. I'm super into it. Uh, and I mean, on, just back to Dylan Gabriel quick, just looking through my notes. Very first play of the game. I mean, obviously, Farouk fumbles, so the offense doesn't come out until after a series. The very first play when the offense went back out there, immediate shot play, beautiful throw to Andrew Anthony, 55 yards over the top. And it's almost like Jeff Lebby. Do uh, you think he listens and understands like he was getting some criticism for not taking many shots last week? <laughs> like immediately comes out yeah deep shot
1: and and that I mean that's it's weird the whole the game plan last week remains a remains a mystery but whatever I mean whatever I'm I'm glad that I'm glad that they identified watching Tulsa on tape like yeah we can we can kind of throw it all over the yard on these guys and they came out and they did it and I think and and one of the best parts about it is that they were all doing it those are all plays that I recognize they're running they're just running their stuff they're just running their stuff and executing at a high level
0: yeah, I mean, the, the first series, 55 yards up top to Andrell Anthony, and then the next play, uh, Jalil Farouk, just a slant pattern, 34 yards for the touchdown. OU goes 84 yards in two plays <laughs> to make it 7 to nothing. And, oh, by the way, Javante Barnes got the start at running back today. It didn't get any carries in the first series, but that's another thing, too. I mean, uh, but I, I mean, think it's great we, that we're starting with DG and the, and the pass catchers.
1: Yeah, I mean, should we, should we trans you know, transition to that because – Um, I don't know. I have no idea what's going on. And like, and, and that, like, I'm sitting here reflecting on the game and it's like, Hey, we kind of, we got, we got what a lot of us were asking for. I mean, Barnes and Sawchuck were the one and two guys in this game and, um, not, not a lot going on there. Like, I I do think, um, after this game, the concerns about the run game, I I think I, I can start to validate those. There's, um, they're just not explosive in the run game there's clearly something not working particularly well and um I'm not sure because like when I watch I don't I like I don't see the offensive line like getting like blown up in the run game I see them getting outnumbered a lot um i, I don't know like i'm I'm not really sure what to do about that other than I don't know my, my my main my main takeaway now is that I'd really like to see them try to run the ball out of 10 personnel and not the 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 11 and 12 personnel that's that's what I would like to see a little bit of more effort to do.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, the running game, very uninspiring. I mean, 4.3 yards per carry as a team. Javante Barnes leads the team in, in rushing. I mean, he was over five yards a carry, which is fine. Uh, in college football, though, especially against Tulsa, that's not that great. Uh, uh, and, of course, we mixed in Gavin Satchuk more. We finally saw him and pretty uninspiring. Uh, yeah, he, he didn't look Hedden. like he didn't look healthy. He didn't look like he had any juice either. And so, yeah, that could be. I mean, Venables said after the game, you know, a couple of other guys. And he was, you know, he was asked about Tawi Walker and Marcus Major and the two guys who've gotten the most run the first couple of games. And neither one of those guys saw a carry. And Venables and you know, Major the had game a couple
1: were, that were that were both penalty plays.
0: Sure. Yeah, correct. So, yeah, I mean, that's worth mentioning. Uh, but Venables said a couple of other guys are finally healthy, and we were trying to get them an opportunity. It wasn't the plan to stay away from Tawi Walker, just really trying to get the other guys going today. And so I know that, you know, we've been wondering, like, why not Barnes? Why not Sachuk? Okay, so we know that Sachuk had kind of been banged up a little bit. And, you know, obviously Barnes coming back from the foot thing. Um, so maybe it has been just like an injury type thing in practice. That's why they haven't played much. It's just bizarre. It's I mean, I know that Lebby said that – it was really important for them to get Barnes and Satchuk going. And both of those guys got carries. How is isn't that just bizarre though, that Tawi Walker gets nothing. I mean, he's been it the is. best running back through two games. It, it is bizarre. Do just not, I, I don't, it, I don't
1: know what they're doing. So and, just, and like, I don't want to be yeah. the kind of guy who's going to come on here because we were, we were calling for more Barnes and Satchuk last week. And so I don't want to come. I don't want to be the guy who's just going to totally flip and go the other way and be like, where's Tawi Walker? Like, eventually you know you gotta you gotta just kind of accept what they're throwing on the field but it is bizarre especially when they they continue to insist to to trot Jackson Arnold out there in this heavy package which is inexplicable this is so stupid and it's it's, it's, well, it's so funny to the point too because there's so many what you want
0: to go for it well no let's table that because I obviously we get to talk about that but just running back wise I think that's fair what you said there like obviously yes we have been calling for more Barnes and Sachuk. I think more precisely though when we've been saying that it's not at the expense of Tawi Walker. The dude's earned carries. Like whenever I think whenever we've been saying that's like those guys instead of Marcus Major. Sorry, like Tawee Walker should still be getting his touches. I mean, like, but like mixing Barnes and Sachuk as opposed to Marcus Major. It's just so here's my thoughts. Like we've seen more Barnes than uh, we've seen more Barnes and Sawchuck. Uh Barnes and Tawi maybe about the same because Barnes had a lot of carries in the first game. Uh, nothing really in uh, in game two. I think right now like. Through three games, Tommy Walkers has been the best running back, didn't get, a, didn't get a, a carry yesterday. He was in the game, but didn't get a carry. Wherever he's been running, good things have happened. So how about you run him? And I still think, even though it was kind of uninspiring, I still want to see Gavin Sacha get more consistent carries in in different parts of the game, like early parts of the game. Like he's kind of getting thrown in there randomly in the middle of nowhere. And I, I just feel like it's not a good spot for him to succeed. Granted, now I'm starting to make excuses for him, and uh, I, I understand that. Uh, and yes, he needs to be better than he was yesterday. Maybe he isn't healthy, but he I, didn't, he, he I, I he didn't see look more like Tommy Walker yesterday at yeah. all. But, ne- but neither do we did Barnes. I mean, there was a play uh, I wrote in my notes. It was on the it was on the final series of I think the, the first half whenever they ended up settling for a field goal. And this will lead us into the Jackson Arnold situation with the short yards. But there was a, a series or a play on that series. And granted, I mean, OU's up by a lot of points at this time, uh, which is, is great. But there was a second down run, and I don't know if you remember this or if you made a note of this when you rewatched it, where it's blocked like he could have maybe scored. And this is kind of like out like in the, near the 30 maybe, like going in, like Tulsa. Like, I mean, not like a short yardage, like end zones 10 yards away. It would have been like a 25, 30-yard run or something like that. But, like, the way it's blocked, it looks like he could probably score. But Barnes's vision's not great. He goes the wrong way. There's a big hole through the A-gap. He takes way too long to hit it, and from the backside, somebody comes in there, slows him up, and he's able to get tackled. He picks up six yards, gets the first down, but instead of being an explosive potential touchdown play, just his inability to hit the hole hard and just to, the lack of explosiveness leads to just a you know a, a, a nice six-yard gain for a first down where in the box, we're, okay, it looks nice, but when you actually watch the tape, it was like, that needs to be better against Tulsa. I think you can you can maybe score there, and I think that's kind of like a an in depth attention to detail problem right now with the run game. Yeah, it's just not explosive at all.
1: I'm I, I'm just I'm a little concerned because like just even when I saw Barnes and Sawchuk yesterday, like I just said it again. I mean, no punch, not a lot of acceleration, being timid, hitting the hole. And then, and then, like, I'm, I'm asking myself, I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe it is just kind of the offensive line, and maybe they're struggling there. But then I see Dalen Smothers later in the game, and he has that acceleration. He has kind of that athleticism to, and granted, that's like after three or four carries, I noticed that, but it kind of felt night and day. And um, I don't know, maybe, maybe we talked, like, but also it, it's inexplicable. I'm sorry, Gavin Satchuk was electric in the Cheese it Bowl last year. Like that guy was a like acceleration balance everything that you want in a running back i i didn't I didn't yeah. see any of that I didn't see any of that yesterday
0: I didn't either, and I mean the only time where I was kind of like okay, here we go remember the uh the little swing pass out to him where he made a guy miss, but then there was other guys that came and tackled him I was like, oh, this could be something but but, but there was yeah just he too made he made the first guy him. miss, and that's
1: where you expect there to be an acceleration at north and south, but then there was nothing. there was like no ability to do that, and um and yeah, and, and even just with, like, with, with Javante Barnes, I, I think one of, like, I, I tried to, to kind of, like, affirm you last year when you were saying, like, yeah, oh, there's just kind of something off about him. That's, that's not right. And I, and I, I tried to, to agree with you to an extent to say, yeah, like, when he's running in the open field, he kind of looks awkward with his cuts and his movements, some of his, like, weight distribution when he runs. It's worse this year. He looks way weirder this year when he's, when he's running. <laughs> and so I... I'm not sure, but like, I'm. I'm also. I'm also not really trying. I'm. I'm trying not to get too in my head about that, because what if what if their offense this year really is just leaning on the pass game and the receivers, and all they really do need from the running the running game is just to get three or four at a time.
0: I mean, yeah, perfect world. That's great. Just kind of keep the run game is there to just kind of keep everything on schedule here and there and it just kind of is what it is sure i mean oklahoma's had with lincoln riley's had an awesome awesome run game and i mean they've had awesome everything uh and i mean they haven't they still are able to you know get over the hump uh it's all about the defense so i guess the defense playing better hopefully is, is a thing but yeah with barnes it's just there's another play like on third down earlier in the game he had a nice 17 yard run but like he broke in had some open space he just doesn't seem to have any sort of second gear Like, you know, certain guys. I mean, like, Marcus Major, to his credit, when Marcus Major gets out and, like, there's nobody around, Marcus Major can kind of kick into another gear a little bit and get going. Like, he has that. So, like, I guess in theory, Marcus Major right now might be the most explosive running back on the team when he gets into space and if he can get ahead of steam going. Like, at least fastest. I I know Gavin Sochuk's like a track guy, but right now, like, so far we haven't really seen him get any opportunities to get out and run yet this year. Barnes, Tawi Walker, two guys, they just... Speed is not their strength. <laughs> they are not they are not very fast runners. But what I will say is I, I and to go back and
1: no oh, go out outward here, but just to go back to the Tawi Walker discussion, I think at the very least, to the first three games, he is a, it has been established. He should very obviously at least be the team's third down back. I, I think that is just that's pretty obvious at this point in time. He showed an ability to catch the ball out of the backfield pretty proficiently against SMU. Um, he's a big guy. He falls forward. Um, when he's been in there, that's when the running game has looked the most effective this year. Um, True. So yeah, I, I don't know. I that, that's that's what I would like to see. But also, I, I think it's very clear the coaching staff also doesn't really know what to do with the run game at this point.
0: And how much of that I was listening to the Sooner Scoop guys, uh, you know, not after this game, but like before the game, and uh, you know, and I guess I never really thought of it this way, just because in my mind it's always like. Obviously, Brent Venables is in charge. He's the main guy, and then Jeff Levy's in charge of the offense. So in my mind, Jeff Levy's making all the calls, mostly personal. Yeah, like he will give it off to some of his assistant coaches here and there. But you know, those guys are talking about how like it's Demarco, Mur- like Demarco Murray's making the calls on who's playing running back and out there. And and I guess I even covering the team. Maybe that's a. Th- I mean, maybe that's what it was with uh, what Jay Bulwet or was he the running backs coach on the? It's pretty much always and then-
1: Lee, That's like always how it is.
0: The position coaches See, determine I is, who's out there. I, if I'm the offensive coordinator, that I, mean, I would like You that, trust either. your guys. You trust your guys, but whatever. I guess they all talk about it and stuff. So, I, so I mean, so if this is this is Demarco Murray who's making these calls. Then, which okay, I, I, fine. But like, you mentioned Dale Smothers, some others, uh, some of the like the. Like, what if the, some of the freshman guys, like, actually are not, not bad and a little more explosive? Like, can they potentially start getting some more run? I mean, we're going to get into the conference schedule. So, they haven't really got much run through the first three games. It kind of makes you, want, like, think that that's not going to happen now as Big 12 play starts. Like, this kind of is what it is. They kind of – they got their guy. I mean, they got four guys. It's just none of them are really jumping off the tape with the exception of, in a lot of ways, Toby Walker, who's your walk-on
1: <laughs> running back. So, you so, just hope very interesting. Just – just keep making. Just don't don't screw up. I guess in that like that running back room. Just just fall forward. Get positive yards whenever you can. Make your blocks. Catch the ball out of the backfield. Because uh, yeah, as of right now, it doesn't. It does not look like that. That is going to develop into like a super explosive thing, uh, unless they change what they're doing. But hey, I mean there there's precedent in the past. And, and mind you, this was a Lincoln Riley offense. But that 2015 offense, Baker Mayfield's first season when they went to the playoff. That running game was absolutely punchless the first half of the season. And they had Samaj P. Ryan and Joe Mixon. And then they just, they figured something out. And so there's some crossover there because Bill Biedenbaugh is also or Bill was off was, you know, was, was the offensive line coach as well. So I don't know. Hopefully they can figure something out. But yeah, I mean I'm I'm concerned. They the, the two guys that we were that we were clam- that we were, you know, really, really wanting to see out there, I, I don't think look particularly healthy or look off. And, uh, I mean, who knows?
0: Well, it's a problem if Javante Barnes is still not really healthy considering, again, I was, I was more into him going into the year considering we found out that he played all last year with a, you know, a messed up foot, ended up having surgery. You think, okay, surgery, these guys are college-age kids. They can, they can heal pretty fast. Good to go. You know, and now, I mean, he's, he looks the same. I mean, like you said, you said, he looks a little weirder. To me, like he kind of looks like the same player. And then, you know, you, I, I heard that allegedly saw Chuck was banged up like all last season. And then finally, he was able to kind of get healthy for the bull game. And he looked great. And if he's just one of those players that is always kind of banged up. I mean, Venables mentioned after the game, some of the guys are getting healthy now. You know, OK, maybe that he has been banged up. But is he fully healthy? I mean, is there is there even such thing as fully healthy when the season begins? Kind of not really. I mean, everyone's playing. Everyone's kind of getting banged up. You got to you got to play through stuff. Uh, you just yeah, you want more for sure yeah uh, okay, you mentioned the Jackson Arnold thing we can we can go to that now and was that just the like only one time really it, we kind of saw the package come in and it just it didn't work it it was dumb yeah, it was it was, like,
1: it was um it was yeah it was that that very last goal line possession right before the end of the first half and it was i mean it was and they, it, 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 it like it was a cluster f i mean
0: it looked awful i don't know what they were doing they they finally throw with it they finally call a pass play in it and he just rifles one <laughs> like to Blake Smith Just no chance. Like, it looked awkward. Like, it's almost like Jackson Arnold is kind of telling them, like, this is, like, what are we doing here? This is not, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, that was weird. And then they go quarterback power, just generic QB power, and he gets, you know, crunched and banged by like two or three big guys in the middle. It's like, doesn't get, doesn't get a touchdown, only gets maybe a yard, maybe after the line of scrimmage. It's like, what, this is not, I'm not an expert on Jackson Arnold. I'm not going to pretend like I am. It just doesn't seem like this is, I mean, they did this with Caleb Williams when Lincoln, I mean, like early on when Caleb and Spencer Rattler, remember early on, they brought him in for like kind of goal line. Like, but Caleb Williams is a bigger guy and can move and run. And I know Jackson Arnold can as well. It just doesn't seem like that's he's not a guy that's going to run you over like a Blake Bell or a Tim Tebow. And I tweeted this out like Jalen Hurts is really good at that because Jalen Hurts is super strong and he's got just giant legs. And, like, Jackson Arnold's a freshman. You hope he's going to get bigger and stuff and hit the weights and everything like that. But he's not going to, like, power you through and push over, like, a bunch of interior linemen and get touchdowns. And then he's taking shots for no reason. He's taking hits for no reason at all. And they settle for a field goal. <laughs> when you got this quarterback, Dylan Gabriel, who's playing as well as he is, it's like, come on, man. Like, I I know people. some people think, like, they're setting something up, like, later in the year. Sure, fine. Uh, but it's almost like at this point teams are going to, be ready for any sort of trick plays you would think like oh this is kind of a jokey generic thing like at at some point they're going to have something uh it makes you kind of think defenses are going to be ready for it anyways so I don't love it
1: I am and and we're just we're just adding to the growing chorus of this there is not a single person who commentates on OU football who has said yes this is a good thing it's it's all (laughs) been universally this is a terrible idea they need to scrap it last week See, but what and, do we know? And like, We're not like, I don't even really we want to spend that much time on it. It's a bad package. This is, this is Jeff Lebby being way too cute. It's a bad idea. This is like, when people start talking about Jeff Lebby actually not being a good offensive coordinator, this is exhibit A.
0: It's just he's so inconsistent. Uh, he, he, he can drop some great plays. The offense can move. And it's just like, and granted, like, nobody's perfect, but this is... This is not working. This is not something that's, that's being utilized well, and yet we're going to keep banging our heads against the wall doing it. Uh, and what's even more kind of frustrating about it, last year when they had no quarterback because Dylan Gabriel got hurt and they went to the Wildcat against Texas, boy, between the, 20, or between the 20s, it actually worked pretty well when they were doing it with Braden Willis and Eric Gray, and they were just doing like all this, Jaleel Farouk, and it was like, This is actually kind of creative. They have no quarterback because they couldn't recruit or they couldn't get a quarterback behind Gabriel to figure anything out. And they were able to make it work pretty well. And then they brought Davis Bevel back in in the red zone and they ended up sucking. And then at certain times, leverages in the season where they actually had that package in, even with Dylan Gabriel back, they didn't really utilize it. And then when they did utilize it against Baylor, they had the wrong guys using it and they got stopped. And so. It's, he's proven that he can actually kind of figure out how to use some sort of a wildcat, which, like, Dave, uh, Jackson Arnold, that, that's kind of like a wildcat situation, right? Because most of the time he's running and he's an athletic player. So Jeff Levy showed that he could kind of figure out a good way to utilize that last season. But then at times when they needed it or could use it to work, didn't really use it, which was making me want to pull my hair out. And then now this season with Jackson Arnold, they're using it. They don't need to use it, it's unnecessary. And it's almost just like, yeah, here we go. Like, I'm going to show you how smart and, like, how creative we are. And I, it's just, again, not working. We'll see if – I'm kind of curious to see what happens with it. Like you said, though, nobody likes this except for apparently Oklahoma in, inside those walls.
1: So. And this is where – and, you know, I mean, we're, we're harping on Jeff Levy here. Man, Venables has got to be on this. You got to – like, this is – Venables should have killed this right away.
0: I mean, you're the head coach, dude. Well, it's – one of the big things winning this year is is how's that relationship going to be? The offense going, like pairing with the defense and they're three, and zero. it's going. So, I mean, you can't really like, complain you know, about I'm, a whole lot,
1: but other people have made, have, have made this, this point too. And I don't want to, if Jackson Arnold is going to be out there, it should be, he should be running the full offense. Yep. Which means he should Run be the doing offense. the stuff that you can't do with Dylan Gabriel. That is what they should be doing. Like he comes, like, they actually give him a chance to like actually run the full offense. He comes in and he throws a fifty-yard touchdown pass to Nick Anderson, his very first throw of the game, absolutely or second throw of the game after his rifle shot off of Blake Smith's <laughs> helmet, and it's it's just beautiful. It's probably the best throw of the game from any quarterback.
0: Uh, it was a great throw. I I'd, I'd say. I mean, uh, Dylan Gabriel has a an argument though with his first throw of the game to Andrew Anthony. I mean, that was fifty-five yards bomb, perfect, down, drop it in the basket. But yeah, I mean. Yeah, Arnold's throw was beautiful. I mean, the guy's a really good player. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. If you're gonna put him in the game, have him run the offense. I'm with you.
1: And I'm watching this offense now. I just, um, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't like the, I don't like their bunched up formations, their personnel groupings. Get the tight ends off the field. This, your, the strength of this team after three games is, is clearly your playmakers at wide receiver. Get into four and five wide and spread people out. I, th- I really think that's what they should. And maybe, hey, maybe we see it next week we get to the Big 12 play and we, we see them do what they should be doing. I don't know.
0: Mm. Might be a bit of wishful thinking there. A couple more notes on the offense before we go over to the defense. Just one of the things that I noticed that <clears throat> are worth putting out there. Maybe just one other note. Uh, Jacob Sexton got some run. He's back playing some left tackle. Uh, and I know that uh, Caden Green also out there on the left side. Um, you know, Walter Rouse, obviously the left tackle. So good to see Sexton back. Um, I don't have any sort of strong thoughts on the ability of the offensive line and how they're playing. It's just – I know some other people may have that. But – so just wanted to bring that up. Good to see Sexton back. Hopefully – I mean, he's one of those guys where we kind of think hopefully he's a future starting tackle and real good player. So he's – I can't imagine how – I mean, I guess if he's playing, he must be fully healthy. But it's good to see him back.
1: I haven't – I – yeah, and you know the I I want them to have more punch in the run game, uh, but as typical, I mean I I think I think your number one marker to watch as an offensive line is pass protection, and I by my eyes Oklahoma is outstanding in pass protection for like the thirteenth consecutive season.
0: <laughs> by the way, one final note on the offense before we switch over to the defense. Just looking up, you know, looking up national stats. I like to kind of do that here in the morning, whenever before our shows. Uh, through three games this year, the two highest-rated quarterbacks, according to you know college quarterback rating, which, you know, whatever that means. It's kind of a weird. It's different than the NFL. Uh, number one, Caleb Williams. Number two, Dylan Gabriel. So hopefully that kind of keeps up for Dylan Gabriel. That would be pretty cool. And
1: I do think after uh – I don't think the stats have updated yet, but I, I do think... Uh, and I actually do like... I think I'm one of those... I do really like the ESPN QBR metric. I think it's, it's, it's a good metric because it actually, it actually factors in run plays and the actual impact the quarterback has on the play or on the game. And I think after three weeks, because Dylan Gabriel was, was the number one quarterback, had the number one quarterback performance in week three, uh, I think Dylan Gabriel is probably going to be number one in ESPN QBR through three weeks in the country
0: yeah he's been great it's been great and it'd be awesome if he can continue it uh he looks a lot more it just i mean it's year two of this system at oklahoma it's not year two of this system in general he's ran the system basically his entire time in college with the exception of a few games in what 2020 or 2021 whatever and then he got he got injured i think it was, that was i think gus malzahn was there so uh i mean he's ran the levy offense for now I think third season he's ran the levy offense third or fourth and uh he's a veteran player he it's a good rapport with all these guys, and yeah, his you know, save that inter, you know for the interception yesterday. Like one of his bits last season was he was going to be off five to <laughs> five to seven or eight times a game, where it was just like that was not a good throw. You hope it doesn't get picked off, and he has been just sharp and on the money so far this year, uh, and it's it's great to see. Good for him. He's a, he's a good kid. I love his demeanor. He's very chill. W- whatever. Like I, yeah, it's. Good for Dylan Gabriel. And Austin Grant, he's throwing some balls a little bit, like kind of around the middle of the field, up the seams. It's not, he's not just throwing everything on the outside. So, Hey, Austin Stogner's good first catch
1: back at yeah. OU. I think on the first second down. drive of the game.
0: All right, to the Oklahoma defense, where I'll start with this. Uh, our last episode, I titled it, Who's Going to Play Cheetah? And uh, also, are we going to see more of uh, Sachuk and, and so we talked about Sachuk and Barnes. And to answer the question, uh, Peyton Bowen. Peyton Bowen played Cheetah. Deson McCullough also uh, for the second straight game suited up but did not play, and Justin Harrington was out. So I did hear the Sooner Scoop guys, like you mentioned, that they think Harrington might, might be a long-term thing. Uh, and you know, who's going on, you know who knows what's going on with McCullough? I'd like to think maybe it's one of those situations where – if he's suited up the last couple of games, like maybe in an emergency he could play, but they're like, you know what? We don't really need him. Let's, let's not risk any further injury. Hopefully the ankle, I think it's an ankle, right, with him. They, they said it was was not high ankle sprain, so hopefully it's one of those things where, uh, you know, honestly, even maybe next week, like, if you don't really need him, maybe. Like, I mean, I know Cincinnati just lost. It's like, it'd be great if he could just get as fully healthy as possible because at this time of the year, there's like I said a moment ago. There's not really such thing as fully healthy. Like guys get banged up, you play through bumps and bruises. But whenever you're not playing, like McCullough, and he hasn't really played much at all this year, maybe he could actually get back to full health in time for him to be utilized against Texas, obviously, and then the rest of the season. So uh, Peyton Bowen gets to start at Cheetah Grant, and it's good. Like we are kind of hoping that would be the guy if the other guys didn't play. Uh, and from what I saw, it's he was all right. I. He had some plays to make that he didn't make. He didn't finish. And it's like, ah, oh, he's a freshman. But it's like, man, can can an elite... Catch the ball. Catch the ball. Yeah. It's, catch the can, ball. That's, can that, a blue chip that, five-star defensive Just player... catch the
1: ball. <sighs> yeah. But also, let, so, let me go back. Like, so, Desan McCullough, he suited up last week but did not go through warm-ups. This week, he suited up and did go through warm-ups. So, okay. that's progress. Um. We'll see. I mean, I, I don't know if he's going to play next week. Um, Harrington, he was there. He was not in uniform. He had a big old brace, I think, on his left knee. That is probably going to be a long term thing. I don't. I'm. we'll, we'll see. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I thought Bowen was fine. There. There was a couple of instances where I was like, oh, that was on him. That that was that play was on him. Um, and then yeah, there's a couple where he he had a couple of picks that dropped him. That that hit him right. That he dropped that hit him right in the hands. Uh, but yeah I, I thought other than that he was good I didn't I can't recall really I, I guess I did see Shane Witter and, and Sam Omasigo out there in the second half but uh, a lot of Peyton Bowen a lot of run for him
0: oh and I, I also want to give credit to longtime listener supporter of the show Harry he uh, came on Twitter and you know we were talking about hey you know who, who was he was cheetah behind Deshaun White last year and Harry went ahead and hey guys remember it was it was Jaren Kanick He's right. It was Jaron Kanick. He was the backup cheetah last year. I remember talking to Dusty about that last season and being like, really? Like he's like a linebacker. He's like, yeah, he's, I, he's, he's like, yeah, man, I told you he was playing cheetah and like fall camp and stuff. And he's still, I was like, "Oh yeah, all right. So yeah. So yeah, Deshaun White was now, like totally obviously,
1: healthy last year. We, we never saw Jaron Canick play cheetah in like the second half of the year last year, like at all. Right. I don't think, I really like, I don't te- think Deshaun White ever came off the field though.
0: Right. Like, but technically he was like supposedly the backup cheetah. Uh, last year, so credit to Harry for that. Uh, it's like okay, so we start with uh, the cheetah Bowen. Okay, whatever. But overall, like OU's defense was awesome outside of three drives. I mean, they they were terrific outside of three drives in the middle of the game. Uh, I mean, look at <laughs> OU had fifteen TFLs. Like they had eleven through the first two games. Just 15, it almost, it almost felt
1: like another 15 that were just stuffs that went just for zero yards and not for a loss. They were The run defense I, was, was exceptionally good against Tulsa. Uh, they, I'm looking at the numbers here. Tulsa ran it 46 times for 75 yards.
0: Oof, love it. That the is, run that's defense big through three Tulsa, games has been...
1: Tulsa ran the ball pretty effectively against Washington last week, at
0: Washington. I think even though Oklahoma gave up more points than Washington, I guess I, I didn't look at the the in-depth box score I, I, I wouldn't be surprised though if the raw stats though, aside from points are probably are better for, I mean takeaways for sure uh, you know five takeaways by OU's defense yeah, thank you and it was they were like fun takeaways uh, I mean Gentry Williams early interception it's almost like he was uh, by the way good to see him back he, he was injured and he got banged up again. I, I saw Brandon drum. Tre- saying that he was dealing with a neck injury. I didn't know it was a neck thing. Uh, but he got banged up, and then he came back into the game. So hopefully Gensha Williams is fine.
1: Oh, I wonder if I he got th-
0: like a... Because
1: it was after that TFL that he had, which was a really nice play. I wonder yeah. if he got like a
0: stinger or something. Maybe. Yeah, because, I mean, Brandon Drum tweeted after that saying like, oh, he's been dealing with a neck thing. Like, and the implication of that being before the game. So, yeah, maybe that re-aggravated something. And, uh, but it was good to see him enter the game again. And just... Like, that interception early in the game, he, like, ran the route for the receiver. It was just – it's nice to see a defensive back, especially a corner, just – that's just good, savvy – like, they're giving you a play there, and he took it, and he, he turned his head, he made a play. And it, it was probably a super easy interception for him, but, man, from what we've seen from the secondary play from this Oklahoma team ever – I mean, for years, like, you stuff like that, simple stuff, yes, thank you. Do that more, because like that's been lacking. It really has been. Um, So good to see Gentry Williams. But yeah, there's a lot of good takeaways.
1: Yeah, big fan, big fan of Gentry so far. I know he's been. This is now two of three games where he's gotten banged up during the game, but everything we've seen of him, I think, has been really positive. Uh, He's and Kenai Walker's been good too when he's when he's had to spell him. So Um, and also I I mean the first three the the three interceptions that they had in the first quarter. They were all just just nice plays on the ball, like that you just that you hope that a that an improved defense will make. Like I obviously Stutzman's pick six I thought was really cool, but I was I was just I was a big fan of like Kendall Dolby's interception. It's it to me over the last like handful of years, it, that's that's a play that I just haven't really seen a lot of OU defensive backs make. Like just a play that if you are a competent defensive back, you should make. And it's and so that was just good to see it's like the pressure was good the pressure affected the throw he threw He um forced the guy to throw it into coverage and Kendall Dolby just just made the play on the ball where I kind of feel like there's past defenses that would not have made a play on the ball and they would have they would have interfered with the receiver and got a flag
0: am I like am I wrong for feeling that way no no I'm with you and and that was the the stretch where I mean, this is like the first half, and Brent Venables is throwing. And I mean, Ted Roof, you throw. I mean, the roofer man. He's, he's the DC. You know, like they're they're throwing depth guys in on defense in the you know first half of the game to ha- to much success. I mean, Makari Vickers playing corner coming in freshman. Uh, Grant Marcus Stripling was making play. Was like getting quarterback pressure. He had like a couple quarterback pressure. Like Marcus Stripling, <laughs> like doing things. Like he had a good of game.
1: That's a lot of market. Like, that's the most Marcus Stripling I feel like we've seen in, in a long while.
0: Because it is, and he, he looked good. He was getting pressure. Like, after the first two games where organic pressure just has not been a strength of this team. Uh, granted, this is Tulsa, so I, I don't anticipate this to just happen against some great offenses. But it's just it's promising to see a guy who's been there for so long. And Marcus Stripling's one of those guys where I think we are playing the game of, like, this guy's still on the team? And like he's good for him. He's he's a big OU guy. He's he's dedicated, and it'd be great if he could be a guy that could contribute. But that was, I mean, Kendall Dolby in as well during that series where he makes the play because of good quarterback pressure. Uh, granted, he was they were doing all this against a third string quarterback because Roman Collins, that's his name, right? I think the Colts quarterback. Like he was, he's their third string guy. Their starter is still banged up. And then Cardell Williams is technically their backup. He played most of the game against Washington last week. And we were talking about this off the air before. You're you're saying, why didn't Cardell Williams start? Well, my my guess is, as I watched a decent amount of that Washington-Tulsa game, number one, Cardell Williams got banged up against Washington. He was injured. But then the the third-string quarterback for Tulsa that started against OU came in. uh, Roman Fuller, sorry, not Collins, Roman Fuller. Uh, And he looked better than Cardell Williams in in relief last week against Washington. Like in my mind, as I didn't didn't say this in the podcast, but I was kind of thinking like, well, if the starter can't go for Tulsa, that's still banged up since week one. Roman Fuller is probably going to start because he looked pretty like he looked better than Cardell Williams against Washington and Oklahoma made him look like a third string quarterback. I mean, he he was awful. Uh, But then Cardell Williams came in. And that's when Tulsa started to have some success, which is the, the one negative part about this game for the Oklahoma defense.
1: Yeah, I don't think I, – I think if Roman Fuller would have played that entire game, o, OU would have, would have had a really good chance of shutting them out. I, I actually do believe that. Oh,
0: gosh, yeah. Yeah, I, so, I mean, I crunched the numbers because I was curious. So the first four Tulsa drives with Roman Fuller as the quarterback, interception, punt, interception, interception, 19 plays ran – Only 40 yards. That's 2.1 yards per play. Uh, Three takeaways, just domination. And then the next four drives with Cardell Williams went touchdown, touchdown, punt, field goal. And the big reason why they're having so much success is because of the passing game opening up. And uh, in those four drives with Cardell Williams in the middle of the game with three scores and one punt, 6.5 yards per play. And Grant passing – Cardell Williams was 10 of 13 for 188 yards and two touchdowns just on those four series. And on the punt series, he didn't attempt to pass. So they kind of, like, they helped Oklahoma out on that. Like, they didn't throw it. Uh, They converted four third and longs, one of which was a touchdown, and then the other touchdown pass came on that fourth down where they ran the out and up that uh, left Reggie Pearson in the dust. I mean, that's, that's tough. I mean, he... Normally on those plays, like there's not enough time for them to run it running out and up. So my first thought on that was like, oh come on Reggie Pearson. But like now I thought about it more, it's like I'm a little bit more like I kind of understanding because that was a, that was a good route and I like a lot of players probably would have bit on that. But still, I mean a fourth down touchdown pass, giving up four third and long and just chunk plays, and that was not fun to see because it it, it looked like the secondary of last year. The year before we're just playing zone defense and not understanding I guess your assignments and there was guys just wide open easy throws
1: yeah I mean I think uh, going into next week that's the thing that gives you pause because Cardell Williams and Emory Jones play football pretty much exactly the same in the, in the exact same manner so um, and when you go against a, a a mobile quarterback like that, you want to play zone so you can keep everything in front of you, so you can see. And um, if you are going by those three drives, it seems like OU is still struggling to play zone defense. So um, you, you obviously like that it was just kind of those three drives. And after you know they held them to a field goal once they on on that first drive of the second half, um, and then just and then nothing the rest of the game. Tulsa just didn't really move it at all the rest of the game. And so that's like that was very nice to see, but that's the one thing, and if you want if you want to take a, a positive spin of it, it's like, hey, at least that was put on tape. they can work on that this week. they know that that's going to you know that's basically if if Cincinnati wins the game on saturday this upcoming Saturday, it's going to be because of plays, probably exactly like those on those three drives that we we're talking about, and so
0: hopefully they know that going into this maybe uh yeah, and and you mentioned those after that field goal so uh, even more positive spin you know because I broke it down in those four four drives by Williams uh three scores and one punt technically if you want to even get more positive there was the two touchdown drives and then it kind of improved because it went punt and then field goal and then the next five was just nothing as you alluded to and so and speaking of those the final five drives from Tulsa after that field goal punt Interception, interception, punt, punt. 34 plays ran, Grant? Nine yards. <laughs> Whoa. That's 0.26 yards per play. <laughs> and I did, like, I, hey, I
1: noticed in those drives in the second half, they totally took away Williams' ability to escape the pocket and have a lot of space to find an open receiver.
0: That just wasn't there anymore. And they even brought in uh, – they brought the other quarterback back in, Roman Fuller. I think he had, like, what, the last drive or two. They They're like, all right, we've had enough of this. So uh, I texted you and Brady Trantham after, after the game and said, you know, I, I think I'm happy about the defense. I mean, they, a big problem with the team last year, and I, I, get, you know, I had a lot of concern going into this season, was playing four quarters, especially after halftime, halftime adjustments, because Oklahoma always seemingly was ready to go. I mean, the defense looked pretty good in the first half. They seemed ready, but then as the game went on – Maybe the game script went away, the other team adjusted. Oklahoma seemingly was not as good after halftime. And they they looked bad at the end of the first half. And those final five drives defensively were terrific. I mean, incredibly great. So good. Yes. And even even last week, I mean, whenever Oklahoma needed it against a good offense in SMU, the defense bowed down in the second half and played pretty well and got off the field. That's true. I mean, after yeah, after
1: SMU, you know, scored their only touchdown of the game. They cut it to three in the fourth quarter. They, they had nothing the rest of the game. They just got clamped mm-hmm. down. And so that was, that's obviously good to see. So, um, is there, I, man, there's, there was a lot of just really nice individual plays on the defense, I thought. Trace, Trace Ford's interception was awesome. That was just a really well-defended play. Like, really, really well-defended. Um, I just saw, like five or so minutes ago, the game is playing there. I saw uh, P.J. Adabore's first career sack, which was also just a really nice individual play um a play where you really saw his length and his athleticism to close down and make the play which was man uh, which which was really nice yeah like i mean that, that was, was pretty he, he and didn't he,
0: sack roman fuller he sacked williams who can move a little yep. bit and it was yep.
1: and it was not even a contest it was cool it's one of those things where he just he had his super long arms out oh. but his legs were still moving and he closed ground really quickly and then once he got his hands on him it was done just a bear hug
0: Oh, yeah, there's no chance. And it was, that was cool. And it's like, oh, okay. He had two and a half TFLs, had that one sack. And he was okay. getting run on, in passing
1: situations in the first half as well. So they, they might really be kind of ramping him up. One thing, this, this just, I, I just thought of this now. Um, and I don't know if anybody asked this. I don't think R. Mason Thomas played in this game. Interesting. Yeah, I don't remember him seeing him. Yeah. So I wonder um, if he's still if he's still
0: banged up and dealing with that. Perhaps, yeah. Uh you know, Danny Stutzman leads the team in tackles again. Uh, his pick six, I think you mentioned it earlier. I mean, great play. I mean, I whenever the quarterback's gonna tell you where he's gonna go with the ball, make him pay. I mean, you read the eyes, and he he brought him right to the ball. Stutzman caught it, and he looked fast. He explosive, scored. Uh, but I, I'm gonna say something that might not be very popular, uh, just given that was a great play and then he had you know he had a, a good tfl a little bit later where he he i don't know if it was a run blitz or that's just what it was and, and the play was basically taken right to him uh on, i think a third down play he made a nice play aside from those plays i he didn't play very well like he there was a time where he 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 missed a fit and went the wrong way uh they like i don't know i mean granted it doesn't matter that much they, they played well but in a game where he had a couple of really nice plays, I think overall I wouldn't be surprised if he had more negative graded plays than positive graded plays. Just for my eyeballs. Uh, so granted, I mean, he had a great game last week, so I mean, everyone's allowed to make some mistakes here and there, but just going to nitpick a guy who's playing really well.
1: Uh, I think you're just, you're just trying to act as a giant old wet blanket right now. There's a couple of plays that stood out in my mind where he wasn't very good, but I, Danny Stutzman is clearly a lot better than he was last year. Like, that's the one thing oh, where yeah. I think that was that was one of the questions coming in. Like, like everyone's talking about Stutzman, like, kind of like, oh, I know we can rely on Stutzman. And I questioned, like, will he take that step to be, like, that guy? Yeah, he's taking that step. He's he's good. He's, I'm, and he's going he's to make some, he's going to make some mistakes, of course. Like, who doesn't? But that dude is so much better. And just the linebacking core in general, and I'll say this again. This isn't fair to David Igwebu who... In terms of, like, is having a pretty decent season for, you know, first quarter of the season for Houston right now playing defensive end. Um, man, that, not having David Igwebu on the field and just his his gulf of speed at that, is, it's night and day, man. Having Kanik there is just, that takes away so many things that the offense is what we're able to do last year. <laughs> there was one, I mean, on the, I can't remember if it was the first or second drive, but Kanik, but Canick runs down a guy in, in the flat and is there actually for the first TFL of the game. And I was just thinking, man, that would have been a Guaybu last year. And I think that's a first down probably, maybe
0: even more. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, I mean, you don't want to keep harping on it because he's a good kid, good team guy. And I hope he does well at Houston. But it's just, that's just the way it is. Um, and just to back up my point, so just go on my notes, so there's first half, second down and 11. uh, it, the replay showed it great there's an opening where it's outside zone play there's a there's a hole for Stutzman to attack it and make a tackle he hesitates he ha- hangs back goes the wrong way the guy picks up 12 yards gets the first down uh, there's another one the interception was great uh, there's another one where he gets stiff-armed by the running back just like throws him down and it's like Ugh, like really like you're a linebacker he's a running back he just stiff-armed you out of the play um, and then there's another one where the quarterback was scrambling and he took a bad angle and couldn't bring the quarterback down and he got a first down run. So, I mean, so there were, again, just to back up what I said, there were some negatively graded plays, uh, but the pick six, the TFL was good. Uh, and yes, he is a, a much better player right now than he was last year. And, uh, a lot of people are playing like that through three games. Now, here we go. Here's the cutoff. Cause at this point last year, things started to kind of crater, can they keep it going? I know Brent Venable said you know was asked something about that last night, and he kind of said the same thing he's been saying all preseason, all stuff. Just because the team, he likes this team. There's more experience. They played a lot more snaps. They're more mature. Uh, there's more leadership this year than last year. I mean, he said all those kind of same things. So that's that's why he's more confident moving forward. I mean, what else is he gonna say? Like I, I don't blame him, and I hope he's right uh, because that. Yes, the team. They're three and zero. I think our eyeballs, Grant, are telling us they are better this year than they were last year. But at the same time, though, I'm still going to take that wait-and-see approach. I don't, I don't know. I, it's just we thought they were pretty good last year. Uh, again, they look better, but I, you look at some numbers defensively, there's a lot of similar numbers between the defense last season at this time and the defense this year at this time. Uh, so, I mean, the, 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 the one big difference, though, run defense, last year at this time, against the run was actually really good, uh, allowing 2.7 yards per carry, which under three yards per carry is really good, Uh, 118 yards per game last season. But this year the run defense is, like, way – I mean, 1.8 yards per carry run defense this season. I mean, under two yards per pop, that great. So, I mean, pass defense, though, technically, raw numbers, pass defense this year, worse than it was through three games last year. Uh, 6.3 yards per attempt last year was 5.6 through three games. Uh, And yards per play-wise, believe it or not, through three games last year, four yards per play, really good. Through three games this year, 4.2 yards per play. But we think this season that SMU, we think, is better than any of the teams that Oklahoma played maybe through the first three games last year, maybe,
1: I'm I'm almost certain that that's the case. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So we'll see as it, as it goes on. But uh, for three games, obviously a lot to like. Very excited. Uh, we well, yeah, I think to the con- biggest continue.
1: the biggest difference is they're not missing tackles. That's the biggest difference. That, that's the one thing that I noticed the most. And also you're just and this this game, it was much more apparent. Just not a lot of not a lot of running backs and they're getting past the line of scrimmage. A a lot of stuffs, a ton of stuffs this year.
0: That's great. Yeah. And and third down defense has been better this year. Twenty nine percent this year through three games last year through three games, 35 percent. So, I mean, still still good both, but under 30 percent through three games. It's better this year. Very good. So, but I, I I do think it's reasonable to still because hey, this is where we
1: were last year, and it's and and I I do they've I by my eyes and I think by the scoreboard as well and by the box score they have been more dominant in their first three games this year. They they just have objectively speaking, yes. Um, but yeah, I I think it's totally okay to go into next Saturday still with just the ah, you know, I'm gonna be skeptical. I'm I'm gonna still gonna wait and see because. And, you know, granted, Cincinnati had a really bad loss losing to a Miami, Ohio team in overtime at home in a night game. Yeah,
0: that's that's actually yeah, that doesn't bode well. You'd you'd prefer them going in unbeaten like now they got a loss under the belt and they want to come back. Yeah,
1: but I'm not I'm I am. I'm not falling for that trap at all this time around. I am not counting any chickens whatsoever. Um, That's going to be Oh, and fans won't. You what? Go ahead. Sorry.
0: No, well, like I, I think OU fans, at least the vibe I get from the people that listen to our podcast, and really, I mean, you think, do you think there's going to be some like a lot of OU fans that are like, ah, this game's in the bag? Yes, we got this. I am certain that that will be the case, man. I'm not, I'm
1: not I saying guess. that like I'm, not, I'm not saying the type of people who who like listen to this podcast every week or or even make it just like a gen like a general part of their lives to consume this stuff. I, I think, I think people like that are kind of. Are, like, you know, are kind of like me, whereas like this is a really big part of their life, and if it doesn't go well, it like kind of negatively affects them. Yeah, I, I, think, I think those types of people will probably be a little, a little skittish going into this game. I think your casual OU fan, and there's, there's a lot of them, that's, that's a majority of
0: them, are probably going to think this is, this is an easy game. Yeah, because you see Cincinnati. You know, that's, that's an unusual team. I mean, it's been a non-conference game forever until now. So it's like another non-conference game. Like, no, actually, this is a conference game. Yeah, okay, that's fair.
1: And also, I, and, and we'll talk about this in the, the game preview pod later this week, But um, and who knows, does this really matter? I don't think there's anybody on Cincinnati's roster that Dylan Gabriel has ever faced. Uh, Dylan Gabriel's career numbers against Cincinnati, atrocious, just awful. He has struggled against them in his career.
0: Well, hey, before yesterday, though, Grant, Dylan Gabriel was 0-2 career against Tulsa. There you go. The first one against Tulsa. So maybe like it's a that. of a that's a trend. That's a good omen. And and his his numbers were fine. Like they fine to not good. And his numbers yesterday were awesome. <laughs> so. and so I watched the fourth quarter of
1: that Cincinnati Miami game uh last night. And and Miami played well and they they deserved to win. Uh, from what I watched, they were I mean, on the money downs, they they were just better than Cincinnati. Uh, but what I did find was a lot of really good kind of kind of yolo throws by their quarterback that were perfect and contested catches by the receivers.
0: <laughs> yolo. So
1: whew, we will <laughs> we will see if that can be recreated.
0: Let's read your three word reviews from OU's big blowout win over Tulsa. We start with the West of Evers Facebook page and we begin with the aforementioned Harry. Harry goes turnover, picks, interceptions. Phillip says, defense, hiccup, defense. Steven says, first test next. So, you know, as far as Steven's concerned, Oakley just played three preseason games, and now it's time for the real season. <laughs> uh, Michael says, got the pressure, and also adds five total interceptions. I mean, the, the takeaways are, are brilliant. I love it. Love the takeaways and their picks. That's, that's awesome.
1: And they were earned takeaways, too. It was havoc that created them, which is, I think, and and weirdly, I think, you know, even though the defense was terrible last year, they had a lot of takeaways last year, which I think was a lot of people just forgot about just because of yeah. how dreadful they were, especially in the second half of the season. Um, but yeah, man, I, I thought they forced all those turnovers. I mean, the... Ah, it's just it, it's really good to see you want to keep that going. And, and another thing that, you know, one of the things that kind of left a scratch our heads in the first two games of the season was the lack of TFLs. And Hey, that that was not a pro- like whatsoever in this game. They were they were <laughs> they were around the ball behind the line of scrimmage. It seemed just like every other play. It was great to see.
0: Absolutely. And not only five takeaways, they were able to score off one of them. I mean, they, the defense scored, which is always just awesome. Uh, let's see. C. Randy Park says preseason's over. Preseason's now over. Sorry. Uh, so similar to Stephen. Like, here we go. Time for the real, real thing. Uh, Robert. <laughs> Robert says this is. He's trying to fit this into three words. We'll, we'll give it to him. He says fans will still be dissatisfied. <laughs> uh, some maybe, but you know, it's there's a lot of nuance trey interesting trey says one last ride and he's referencing big 12 play last ride in the big 12 here we go uh shelly keeping it positive like she normally does shelly says winning season ahead which after last year that that's good because it was not a winning season so which is incredibly rare in the last generation Uh, i like reginald reginald i mean this is this is important reginald says better second half And specifically, defense. I mean, yes. Uh, Shane says, scoring defense, good. (laughs) Uh, Michael says, I'm still nervous. Fair. Caleb says, keep it going. No doubt. Um, Hunter says, he was not able to watch. So I'm going to go off the numbers of this one. Just the stats. And Hunter just says he's still cautious, still cautiously optimistic. Let's see. Greg goes much better, Lebby. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll save this one for last. I'll skip over that for now. Uh, Tim says, interesting for Tim, a little, little negative, Tim, but also maybe he's keeping an open mind. Tim says, still nothing learned. And honestly, kind of fair because three games last year, we thought a lot about the team and then we were wrong. So maybe that's what Tim's referencing. Like, yeah, still, still waiting to learn some things about this team. Maybe Man, I still think that's
1: I, I, I still think that is a, a very wise thing to do at this point in time. Cause like I man, it's especially after this past week where you see a lot of teams kind of fall on their face. And it's like, oh man, oh you didn't and it's like, oh maybe this is kind of, you know, coming up millhouse, coming up OU. Everything's coming, <laughs> you know, going their way. Man, it's just, it's so typical for us to feel that way and then for the the rug to be pulled out from underneath us the next week. And it's gonna be the perfect perfect opportunity for that. I Like, on the road, team playing their first Big 12 game, team that looked really good in their first two weeks and then inexplic- inexplicably lost a clear, you said this last night, a clear look-ahead spot for Cincinnati last night. And uh, yep. I think, yeah, I just, I assume that Cincinnati is going to play their best game possible on Saturday.
0: Yeah, they got a good coach. I mean, Satterfield's a good coach. Yeah, it's it's a it's going to be probably sold out. I mean, they they like football in Cincinnati. Believe it or not, uh, first oh, it, big it definitely game, is OU. sold out. It's it's going to be
1: a bit. It's yeah.
0: going to be a big deal. Yeah, uh, Allen very similar to Tim. Allen says not completely convinced. That's fair. Totally fair. Uh, Andy doesn't have a three word review. I'll just but I'll I'll read his comment and because we probably agree with it. He says. And I haven't heard this yet, but maybe this is on message boards, or maybe this is inside. Andy says, "Stop the so-called jackhammer formation." He's not Blake Bell, referencing the Jackson Arnold short yards. Are people calling it the jackhammer formation. I haven't that's seen that. That's the first I've heard of it, but that's kind that doesn't of doesn't
1: mean that it's wrong. That's kind of clever.
0: Uh, lastly, on the West Rivers Facebook page, not related to OU, but David's going to throw some shade at you. Grant he says, "Grant's Gophers." Woof.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. How about that? I do like that's that's funny. That's good. Yeah, I, I totally whiffed on that. Drake May was awesome in that game. I, really I think it was,
0: it was not a bad handicap, I don't think. Uh, I mean, you get the seven in the hook with a really good defense against an offense that's been kind of hit and miss. Um, so yeah, it was, yeah, that was a game. I mean, North
1: Carolina, they, they had big plays, big plays in the passing game. They, they couldn't run the ball at all. I think like North Carolina ran for under a yard per carry in that game um gophers ran for like six and a half yards per carry and still only scored 13 points just a weird game Jeez.
0: uh let's go over to twitter i am at lee benson tweets we start with my old coworker, old buddy from news nine jed castles jed says he has two three word reviews he goes mobile qb kryptonite <laughs> it's sad and you mentioned emory jones earlier that's who they're going to see this next week uh oh and speaking of that jed his another one says Since he's got kryptonite, so Jed's way ahead of this. He's already looking ahead to to Embry Jones and can see potential headaches. And hey, I mean,
1: Miami of Ohio defended that guy pretty effectively. The other end, great. No excuse, no excuse whatsoever.
0: Hey, uh, I mean, Alex Grinch's twenty twenty defense defended him decently well against you know in that Florida Bowl game. (laughs) So no, they didn't.
1: If I I I, I, mean, I I recall Emory Jones getting quite a bit of chunk yardage in that game.
0: That that was yeah.
1: that, that was always the underrated part about that game is that the defense was bad in that game.
0: Yeah, I guess I guess they did a lot more things against Kyle Trask because when he throw, like, threw three picks. Uh, yeah, okay, maybe I yeah maybe I misremembered that. More on Twitter, Dan says utter domination ovation. I like that one. It's clever. Uh, also says let them eat. Another good one. Oh, Danny boy. <laughs> uh, both lines divine. Dan, I I like the creativity. And oh, I like this one too. The last one from Dan. He says, hello, Nick Anderson. Nick Anderson. What I, what I tell you, man? Before, the, like all the dude did in high school from what I remember is catch touchdowns. Boom. Three catches, three touchdowns.
1: I like him a lot, man. Get like, oh, get him the ball. That's what like, breaking,
0: I'm... Breaking tackles the on that... The Jackson Arnold, one he broke a tackle and scored. Had yeah, the speed I'm, to outrun the secondary,
1: dude. Please give me, give me some ten personnel with with Farouk, Anthony, and Gibson and Anderson. That's like, I think that that is going to be their best personnel grouping. Let's go.
0: You know who I'd like to see like running that? I, I think Nick Anderson could be a great. I, I think with the ball in his hands, he's. I mean, obviously Farouk is probably the best guy with the ball in. The, I mean, he's really good with the ball in his hands, but nick anderson also is pretty good like the old like drag across lincoln riley route that marquise brown used to always run and they tried to really force charleston rambo into that role which was not a good move like Jalu farouk would be great at that i think nick anderson would be too get the ball in his hand with with a bunch of space i think he'd make guys miss he's athletic uh anyways more from twitter josh long time listener says forced five takeaways and then josh always with uh The Mike Bream reference. He goes, Danny Stutzman, bang! NBA season's right on the corner. Who cares, right? Well, I guess uh, Thunder. Thunder could be interesting this year, but this is not a Thunder podcast. Uh, Weston says, JFA to NFA. (laughs) When did this, like, JFA thing come about with Jackson Arnold? And, like, I I don't know. I I guess that's probably maybe that's a thing that I've just missed.
1: It's a message board thing, which you've never really been into. But, I mean, you know what the F stands for, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, fun, obviously. Um, funny. Uh, Zach wants to throw some love to Tulsa. He says, love that venue. And Zach says, here's the context of that. He says, I grew up in a house about a, an eighth of a mile from the TU Stadium. I have some incredible memories of OU playing there while I was growing up. That stadium is small, but it's a fun atmosphere to be in, especially when Oklahoma is in town. Well, thanks for that story, Zach. And you know
1: what? looked really good on tv yesterday looked at the stadium like with, with all of the crimson and kind of the smattering of the of the tulsa blue
0: it was very aesthetically pleasing on tv yeah not surprising a lot of sooner fans in tulsa in the tulsa area not surprising at all it's all around the state uh i i feel like brett does this a lot on his three word reviews maybe around this time uh brett says are we good good question i don't know uh Allie, similar. Allie says, hold your horsies. (laughs) Uh, I like that with the reference to the boomer and Sooner. Okay. Tyler says, season starts now. So, like, another just, hey, here we go. Now's the real test. Uh, Him, Smithson, bad zone defense. Yeah. I mean, wide open, guys. Not great. Uh, Sunny Hill Sooner, DG was dealing. Yep. Uh, Shane says uh, Nick Dam Anderson. <laughs> uh, another one from Brett on Nick. He says Nick is him. Okay, great. You know what? The whole like is him trend. I'm kind of getting tired of it because not everybody can be him. Like if everybody's him, then nobody's him. Like Shadur Sanders is him. Caleb Williams is him. Now Nick Anderson. Like there can't be a bunch of hymns. Anyways. Uh, almost done here greg says could have been worse <laughs> could have been worse could have lost i guess <laughs> they yeah they
1: could have they could have not beaten tulsa by 49 points
0: <laughs> and finally jason says playmakers make plays indeed thank you to everybody who left a three word review on the west of evers facebook page and also on twitter we really appreciate you all getting involved in the show and supporting this podcast it's, it's very cool
1: uh, can we? I, I don't think we mentioned this. Can we throw a little love to Jaden Gibson for that, for that legitimately awesome catch on 3rd and 16 where he basically mossed a dude and then had the hand strength to hold on
0: to it? And this Dope. is in addition to the Arkansas State game where he made a couple of tough, contested, strong catches, one of which was a touchdown. And thank you for bringing that up because that was a great play. Strong hands to the ground. And you know what? I, my first thought was, and it's similar to Arkansas State, like, man, how far has this dude come since his first real chance at action to contribute a season ago as a true freshman at TCU where he was given a chance on third down. He was open a good ball by Dylan Gabriel and it went right through his hands a drop and now his hand, like he's catching these tough tough balls and making plays and that I love that so much because Jaden Gibson's good man and mentally clearly he talked about it he wasn't really there last year he's come a long way and talk is talk talk is cheap so far we're on the field he's making plays he's catching the ball those are those are tough catches i love it good call um you know what we can uh, we can probably save some rest of college football discussion maybe for the next show but yeah like it was an interesting day some interesting scores out there for sure by the no, way i will mean, say was- i'm very
1: happy it does, especially after last week. One, I mean, you see Texas going to Tuscaloosa to beat Alabama. Alabama struggles with South Florida this week, and I think a very reasonable conclu- – not a conclusion, but a reasonable question to ask is, is Alabama on their way to like a 7-5 and five or 8-4 and four season? Where they're not – They their offense is garbagio.
0: I, I mean, I know they changed quarterbacks, went to Buckner. He was like a, a – the Notre Dame guy I think and yeah he was he started the most he started
1: most of Notre Dame games last year but i mean he was very ordinary not very good for Notre Dame either i, I didn't i guess i watched i you watched the game and like you know the the turnovers that milro had against texas were were backbreaking but i thought he also made a lot of splash plays in that game and and in a lot of ways was really the only reason why alabama was even in that game and so it's kind of weird to me that he wasn't even on the quarterback depth chart yesterday
0: Hmm. Yeah. Maybe a bit of an overreaction for Mr. Saban there. I don't Potentially, who knows? But yeah, I mean, that score, I mean, it was a very weird situation. I mean, there was a weather delay. I mean, how often, I mean, Bama playing on the road at South Florida. That's kind of, a, I mean, when was the last time Bama's played like a road game against a team like that? That's was their first unique.
1: non-conference road game since uh, playing at Penn State. I think in 2011, it
0: was. Holy cow. Yeah. So, I mean, all these different things came together, where it was just a weird game in Florida. Weather's... I mean, I get... Eh, that's weather than Matt. I mean, the weather affected the delay. So, all this time to wait. So, I mean, I'm not going to read as much into it because of all the weirdness around it. But, still, the final score of 17-3 to 3 is weird. And that is that is bizarre. You're like... So, yeah. It's weird. And you Very got weird. Texas... I mean, Texas was was tied with Wyoming at 10 in the fourth quarter. So, I was going to say, like, hey, I, I think I might have mentioned that I was on Wyoming plus the 28 and a half and I was mad because I got I thought I had a good number but then it went up to yeah, 30 it was 31 at kick it's, but still, still still doesn't matter still covered and my cowboys baby I say my cowboys good buddy of mine that lives in Colorado is a big Wyoming backer so he I, he, he kind of pushed me that but I mean the Texas Tech game too I mean they played tech they beat tech and I mean anyways so yeah 10 to 10 in the fourth quarter and they, Texas had a pick six, I think, to extend the lead. So they had a defensive touchdown. I didn't see anything from that game. I I was busy last night. But, uh, yeah, interesting score there. Georgia, sudden, South yeah, Carolina? Yeah. I mean, that was a game where basically
1: Georgia just kind of slept walk until they woke up in the second half a little bit. Um, I, I just want to say, I mean, Texas goes to Waco next week, plays at Baylor. And, uh, I, and I'm sure... You know, I, I'm not really sure what to make of Baylor yet, but they, I mean, they they certainly took Utah down to the wire last week when they were there, and so that's going to be interesting. Um, I mean, I mean, Kansas State lost on a 61-yard walk-off field goal.
0: <laughs> Sick. Yeah, how about that for your like all your college kicker takes Grant? And that guy's like shove it, man. Take that. Absolutely, absolutely. And so, hey, I mean, that I mean, Kansas State
1: fans, man, that's that's a bitter pill. That sucks. It's bad. That one loss. hurts. That's that's, that's a bad. That loss, hurts, man, for sure. So and uh, I mean not even see here. Tennessee looked punchless at, in the swamp against Florida. Um yeah, how about BYU that? randomly randomly beats Arizona in in Fayetteville. Um uh,
0: Arkansas. What did I say Arizona? Sorry, Arkansas. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. That's shocking. I mean, Arkansas I mean, Arkansas kind of struggled with Kent State last week. A bad team. And it's like, okay, like Maybe looking ahead, but like I don't know why you looked ahead to BYU, but still they're better than Kent State. And BYU's offense has been nothing. And what they, they put up like forty points. Yeah, Did I see they, that right. But
1: they also it was no, it was thirty eight to thirty one. I think BYU only had two hundred and fifty yards of offense though, so it was Man. kind of a. I mean, who knows? I, I'm presumably Arkansas probably turned it over a lot. I had that game recorded. I haven't watched it yet. Haven't even mentioned. Iowa State loses on the road to Ohio, the Bobcats, the (laughs) MAC team. Um, Iowa State's offense is clearly just, just mind-numbingly atrocious.
0: Let's see. Iowa State plays who they play next week? Oklahoma State. Who even got got taken to the woodshed by (laughs) USA? Okay, that that total for Oklahoma State, Iowa State that's going to be like when Iowa play like Iowa and Iowa state play or like even like that. I mean, that's going to be like 35. <laughs> Thirty-five so yeah, and and that's a half. like,
1: it's so funny to, like, and man, that's, that's an interesting, the bottom, the bottom of the big 12 is interesting. I think, I think now you absolutely have to throw Iowa state and Oklahoma state into that, into that category of, Oh, is this the worst team in the big 12? Um, Houston, you know, lost UTSA last week. They got they lost to TCU by twenty, I think twenty three this week. But that, that game was that was competitive, kind of into the fourth quarter until TCU pulled away a little bit. Um, West Virginia handled Pitt uh, by double digits at home a week oh, after Pitt, a week after Cincinnati beat Pitt on the road. So interesting. I mean, Kansas was tied at twenty four with Nevada
0: deep into the fourth quarter. A Nevada team that was absolutely just smoked by USC. Like it wasn't even a contest, I believe. I think it was USC so, that um, beat them up like a couple weeks it's ago. A, I
1: mean, and we haven't even gotten to haven't even gotten to, to Colorado. I mean, they I mean they, they pulled they pulled a horseshoe out of their butt last night, winning that game. They did. They were like they that did. was I watched that. I watched a majority of that game. Colorado State was better than Colorado. I mean, it was just like, Colorado State has a tight end who is awesome who is like a a legit nfl guy and if he's if, if he's if he's not a junior or senior this year oh my it's so many people are going to be trying to give him money in the portal
0: for next year he is
1: <laughs> he's freaking good
0: yeah i caught the uh i caught the fourth quarter of that uh last night and it was uh, I, I was kind of checking the score uh didn't watch much of it until the end and i kind of like when I, I mean whatever who who cares but like when Colorado had the ball uh late in the game down eight I kind of thought eh, they're gonna probably figure out a way to score here just because that's they' I mean Shader Sanders is really good how he's, is Shader really Sanders good. like he must have gotten a lot better the last couple of years which is that's what people do people people improve you know you, you, you get better but like I know he was a he was a composite four-star in high school uh 247 had him only as a three-star like that dude has like five-star quarterback traits like i, I do really like good. how is that guy he must have gotten a lot i mean granted people improve sure maybe he did but dude like he is a really good player he's he's a great great quarterback
1: the touchdown pass that he threw to to tie the game or at least give them an opportunity to tie the game with a with a two-point conversion there was a really good breakdown of it on on the broadcast. I I can't remember who the color guy was who broke it down, but just they had a really good view of how he was able to manipulate the safety's eyes or uh, manipulate the safety with his eyes, look guys off, and then go to the guy that he figured would be open because of his manipulation. And he threw just a frozen rope into the the soft part of the zone. It was, he's good. He's really good. He just, and and they said it on the broadcast last night too. Shador Sanders just put that team on his back last night. And yep. so it's going to be. Hunter. And, and, like, w- uh, when did Hunter get knocked out? It was in first the first half, half sometime. Oh. And it was. I saw it was that a cheap play
0: too. It's cheap shot. It, did, it, 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 it was, it, but it, it didn't look that bad. It, like, it must have got him, like shot in a perfect
1: spot. Nowhere near as bad as uh, as as Major Wright on uh, on manual Oh Johnson. no! And not even close. As much of a cheap shot,
0: but like, it, did did he get? it must have got him like in a really vulnerable spot like around the, the midsection or i something. saw it because I, 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 I think i think Dion said i think said he's gonna be out for the next few weeks i
1: think he broke a rib that's that's what it looked like to me
0: i don't i mean people can play through broken rib. like he went to the like it could be like a spleen or something i don't know like kind of it's one of those organs down around your stomach that's kind of like yeah you don't want that to get messed up uh but i think Dion said after the game that he expects him to be out the next few weeks The next few weeks, they they got Oregon and they got USC the next two games. Like, if Hunter can't play in those games, like ah, like what's even the point? (laughs) Like they're
1: they're not going. I'm. I don't. I'm not sure. I I think they're. I think they're probably going to get. They're probably going to get thumped by Oregon next week. I would guess. Um, and then I don't know. I mean, Shador Sanders is is going to keep them in it against USC. I and Alex Grinch's defense does not. I, I really do not think is going to have an answer
0: for him. You know, there's some people uh, nationally. They talk about USC and they think like, "Oh, USC's defense does look improved this year." Uh, I, you know, I feel like I've heard this before.
1: Admiral Akbar, it's a trap. Jiff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and somehow we haven't even <clears throat> talking about the day in college football. We haven't even mentioned uh, Florida State, like, like almost kind of getting knocked out by Boston College. <laughs> Where, I mean, they were up by three scores and then allowed Boston College to score 19 straight points to come back and make that a game. Uh, but, I mean, sometimes tough road environment, I guess. Like, you go from Florida all the way up northeast. To, I mean, yeah, maybe it's tough. But they were 26-point favorites, and they only win by two. Uh, but, yeah, I think uh, Jordan Travis, I know I was kind of like, he. he's definitely getting better and better in my eyes. He's a good player. So, Florida State's, I mean, that's, maybe that's one of those games where you kind of you eke it out you learn from it and Florida state's a good football team i would imagine sure sure and so yeah really really interesting day really
1: interesting day i feel a little bit more of a pep in my step i i I admit i i didn't i really didn't love watching texas beat alabama last week that was but honestly if if that kind of gassed up texas fans a little bit and then alabama turns out to just really not be that good great we'll see what happens i think um I think back-to-back weeks here, I think uh, Texas has um, Baylor, and then I think they play Kansas State the week before OU. Interesting. I'm not positive about that, but it was, I, 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 remember, I remember like making a mental note that the game before OU for Texas was pretty tough.
0: Oh, man, My, I, I'm so out of it, man. For some reason, I was thinking that Texas, Texas was after Cincinnati, but no. Oh, no, they get, to uh, yeah, play, Texas has-
1: they get to play Iowa State, which, I mean, I got to say, I mean, I'm not, and maybe this is fool's gold for me, I'm just, I'm not anywhere near as worried about that game anymore. I think there's a really mm-hmm. good chance that Iowa State is is
0: probably worse on offense than the team that they just saw yesterday. I mean, pro- yeah, it's not, not great. Yeah, you... I think you're looking it up right now, but yeah, Texas is at Baylor, you mentioned, and then they got Kansas. So they play Kansas, yes, which
1: I'm I'm cool with that. He's at K-State, maybe?
0: Yeah, yeah, happy to see uh,
1: see Texas have to play a good offensive coaching staff the week before OU, like a guy that they're really going to have to to account
0: for and game plan for. All right, good stuff. We will be back midweek to talk. OU, Cincinnati, of course, Grant and I will be... Heading to Cincinnati on Thursday and uh, hoping for a good time. Hoping that, hoping that OU does not ruin what could be a really, really fun college football Saturday coming up. Because, man, the slate is awesome. <laughs> There's a lot of it's great such games a good this slate. Saturday.
1: Um, I, I got to tell you, that could just be a... Just, I'm, I'm speaking personally now because that's all that matters, of course could just be an absolutely just an a plus sports weekend for old for old granty b
0: so let's uh (laughs) let's 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 keep it rolling everyone all right everyone well enjoy the rest of the weekend we'll be back midweek to talk ou cincinnati so until next time for grant i am lee this is west of everest if you enjoyed this episode make sure you subscribe to the show and if you want to help us spread the word please leave us a five-star review and also Tell all of your friends who are OU fans about West of Everest. You can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.